Миллиона, миллиона, миллион алых роз Из окна, из окна, из окна видишь ты Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we got a guest, and that is uh, John Fisher, and we are going to be doing a debate review of this debate between Michael Faber and Calvinist guy. Um, trying to look for the guy's name. Scrolling down in the chat, so I can't find his name. Hard to do these things. Travis Worth. And the debate is, does God have a definite knowledge of the future? And so that, that's what we're going to be reviewing today. We're going to probably just uh, go over the opening statement by Travis. Travis here is our resident Calvinist. He's a determinist. And we'll look and see what his arguments are. Any words for the audience, Judd? Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Come on. Come on, Travis. Let, let's hear your best arguments. Does God have definite knowledge of the future? That's what this debate is about future. For nearly 2,000 years of church history, the answer has almost universally been, yes, of course God knows the future. Open theists today... So he, he appeals to tradition, which is funny because Calvin and Augustine both were complaining about all those open theists running around. Uh, Calvin's like, oh, these people, they don't believe that God knows the future, and he's complaining. So uh, open theism's not a new theological development. It seems to be the layman default position throughout church history. Remember, Augustine, he didn't encounter a transcendent God, that idea of a transcendence in God, until he turned around 30 years old and had encounters with Platonism. So he's incorrect there. He's incorrect there. But he would be correct to say that all the elites, all the, all the, the philosophers, they didn't believe in this thing. I also find well, it. I also find it deeply funny the appeals to church history because Protestantism is a <laughs> huge break from church history in and of itself. So using that as an argument is is awkward at the it, least. It is, it's a selective. Uh, it's selective. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Augustine would have put these people in jail for what they thought. <laughs> yeah, I think he, didn't he say that uh, you use the sword against all these. All these people who want to reject all the all all the oh, what, what was the big divide where there's a the bunch Dota of Christians test. that that collaborated. So there's a, a huge group of Christians that collaborated in killing Christians and and getting Bibles burned and stuff like that. And the Donatists saved all these works. And and Augustine hated these guys because they didn't want to reconcile with the collaborators with the with the Catholic Church. So Rome. Despite the fact that they submitted to the persecution of Christians, they still insisted that they were the dominant authority. The Donatists who suffered for this refused. And as a result, August III throwing them in jail, stripping them of all their property. And that's not to say the Donatists didn't have their problems. I, I've, I've read very violent accounts of what Donatists did to their enemies. And so yeah. th th there, was, there was some back and forth. But Ideologically speaking, like, Donatists yeah. probably probably are on the probably the closer to Protestants, and, but they weren't. They actually were not that different than the Catholic Church themselves, except for who, where they recognized their authority, and that itself was enough for Augustine to imprison them. All right, that this view of God's foreknowledge is based more on philosophy than actual uh -huh. teachings of Scripture. A verse of scripture that open theism often points to is Genesis 6, 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, 
and it grieved him at his heart. The argument goes like this. God did not know how wicked mankind would become. Therefore, he repented, wishing he had never made man. The problem with this interpretation is this. The fact that God was grieved at the wickedness of humanity does not indicate that he did not know it would happen. It is entirely logical that God could know something was going to occur, yet still be saddened when it did in fact occur. Okay, so uh, here's the problem with that counter-argument. In Genesis 6-6, what grieved God? That he had made man. That he made man. And so it wasn't. It doesn't say God was grieved that man had become so wicked. Uh, what repented God was his own action in creating. What the heck is going on? Ah, I. What? Why? I. Hello. Hello. Oh, oh, oh. You okay over there? Are you still with me? Are you still I with think me? So, are you with me? I, I, I'm with you. Uh, something, something crazy just happened. What? What? Tell. I feel like I've had some sort of a spiritual Gnostic Calvinist enlightening. I am now not retro rep, reprobate, and and I, I have been enabled by the Spirit to read the Bible correctly. What? Really? I, I just, it's no, internal no. enlightening. A quick feed me a verse. How about this Genesis six? Oh, well, let's, let's start. Let's start with Genesis six six. What okay. do you think happened? Okay, wh wh where's the verse? I need to pull up my Bible software. Get my Bible okay. software. All right. Oh, this is exciting. This is exciting. Hold on to your pants. Gnostic enlightening. Here I come. Genesis six. Okay. And the Lord regretted that He had made man on earth, and it grieved Him in His heart. Oh. Huh. My eyes have been opened. What this means is that God is communicating to man his transcendence and imminence, but it does not know. No, if you read it, that God repents in this verse where it says, the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth. If you think he regretted something, uh-uh, uh-uh, that would violate his immutability, imp impassibility. God did not repent here. This is just describing God's so, eminence so what is he saying? and transcendence. He, he, so he's, it's, he's it's saying man that he's transcendent from repentance. And eminent, also eminent, because those and, are not right. mutually exclusive. They're not. They're No, you just read you. If if oh. you see what I see, no, I, I didn't see it, but maybe maybe this is a, this is an issue. Wait, wait, let's let's try something else so that I can understand a little better. Okay, give me another verse. Feed me another verse. Uh, let's say Malachi three six. Oh, okay, Malachi three six. We go down, go down to Malachi, and we go three six, three six. I lost your video feed. Oh, okay. Back. Um, for I the Lord do not change. Full stop. There's no, no, yes. you, you don't even have to, you don't have to look at the other half of the verse. What that verse means is God is immutable. There, there's no change in what? God. His substance, his very substance, but metaphysical he, he, substance is simple. It, there's no parts. There's no change. It's, it's so clear. Is, it's right there. Is, well, he doesn't change. He doesn't change. Uh, so anyway, the next verse where it says, return right. to me, I will return to you. That's more language 
of four uh-huh. people who don't have the but, spiritual enlightening. You got to stop. You, how, how you get the spiritual enlightening? God, God, it's 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 monergistic. So it what just has to mean? happen to you. Monergistic. That it just happened only, to you. Only God can do it. Uh, we can't do anything in ourselves, and it allows us to read the text. Wait, so, wait, wait. Is that what is that what? Uh, Ephesians two one is saying, is that what you mean? Ephesians two one. Ephesians two one has something to do with it. Let's let's turn to Ephesians two one with with my new spiritual enlightening, where now I could read and understand the text because yeah, you know the fleshly I'm trying person. To understand. The fleshly because you're fleshly. You have not been enlightened. You have not gotten the Gnostic enlightening what, to read it, the text. Yeah. Fleshly people can't receive the things of the spirit. And that's me. I'm still in the fleshly that, that that's you. So so oh. I'll read this to you, but oh. I, don't, I don't know if me reading this to you is actually going to do anything for you. I, yeah, you, I don't know. Because you're not monergistically uh, given this Gnostic enlightening. It says, and you are dead in your trespasses and sins. This dead language, oh, that means me. there's nothing you can do. You can't do anything me. of yourself. You're gone. Uh, nothing, uh. Yeah, it's not you're physically dead. No, nothing like that. It's, it's a special spiritual deadness in which you can't respond to God unless he enables you to respond to him. You can't do anything of yourself positively towards God without your spiritual special enlightening. That is what this is saying. The dead language, yes, it's used throughout the Bible for dead people and so, and the dead people walk in some So verses. what do you why why do you have to share this with me in the first place then? Oh no! It's actually it's not for you at all. It's it's uh, because it's because I've been monergistically enlightened, and so God is monergistically making me talk about my newfound experiences for other monergistically enabled people. Well, let's keep talking. Let's let's look at something else. You just have to. You just have to be enlightened. Uh, I know the dead people are walking in Ephesians two two, but you gotta know it. That's it's not about dead people walking. They're they're completely dead. They they can't do things. Right. Spiritual dead. Me, Spirit- not. You, th- spiritually dead. So okay. what else do you have to say then? Feed, feed me. Feed, feed okay. me another verse. Well, I, I know that people like to talk about God saying he declares the end from the beginning. Okay. Is that um, Isaiah 46, 10? Let's go look for that. Isaiah 46, 10. Declaring end from the beginning. Oh, okay. So what this means. Oh, you, you just got to read it. So declaring end okay. from the beginning. That means he declares... He declares all things, and uh, the end is the end of all things, and the beginning Wait. is the beginning of all things. The, so the end, but, but how is that all things? I don't see. It, it, you might not see it in the verse. It might uh-huh. not be there if you don't have, if you have the blinders. You, oh, you're, you're, you, oh you've I need. got a lens darkly over your eyes. You need the monergistic enlightening, and then you know he's declaring all things from the beginning of all things to the end of all things, except... But you also have to understand, since God is timeless and simple, this is eternal, uh, timeless declaration. So it's so not it's, actually it's, it's not even an end or a it's, beginning. It's neither of those. And but it oh, is of all things. I didn't see that when timeless. I looked at that. It didn't you make sense to me. It says, "And from ancient times, the ancient time is the eternal now." Oh, things I see. Not done saying, "My counsel shall stand. I will accomplish all my purpose." But God's purpose <laughs> is completed in an eternal sense. All things. Are done everything uh-huh. from the eternal, and that's what this verse now. says right that's here. That's what this verse says. It says declaring the end from the beginning. Don't you read it? It says nope, uh, declaring all things from the beginning <laughs> of all things eternal, timeless to the end of all things eternal, timeless. 
that's all things like uh, a little leaf that falls like this in the wind, a little cough like huh, that. That all things are declared. And but why, God why does, does he things. bother declaring it then? Well, yeah, well, yeah, really, everything that happens, even this conversation, is scripted by God uh, for a purpose that's not accessible to us until unless He enlightened us, enlightens us with uh-huh. that purpose. So you and I might not know. We're just going through perfunctory actions in this conversation, but, but he has declared this conversation. But he says these things, and I, he, he's not talking to me when he declares it. Then, and I'm not supposed right. to. Right, and but he and did everything. You, everything you just said, he declared, and so okay. you are just being. If you don't understand, yeah, it's don't because understand. he didn't declare you to understand. I see. Don't you see? Don't you see? You uh, you can't see. I, I I can't. I can't even stress this. I, to I, you. I see that I don't see. Does what that is, mean? What's another verse? If you need um, another verse, this this is enlightening. Revelation one eight. Revelation it's 1-8. kind of the same idea, I think. But... Revelation one eight. Okay. Um, I am the Alpha and Omega. <gasps> oh, I never read this verse like this before. Uh, alpha what? means what? that he created all things, uh, made all things happen. Uh, eternally, timelessly. This the, is about him being the, outside of time. What? what? It Why? says he's the alpha. But but alpha means first, right? Well, you might think that in your in your non gnostic enlightened head, but it means timelessness. He's the alpha and omega. That means he's it, timeless. It, so it it doesn't have anything to do with order and, and structure at all. It's it's no, about so being those are two letters of the alphabet. And yeah, you just have yeah, to think about exactly. the alphabet. The alphabet has alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, right. zeta, yeah, theta, yeah. iota, cap, yeah. all the way to omega. And and it, so God encompasses so all things. He's saying he that he says alpha friend, through omega. Um, he said you you're just not reading it right. He's I, transcendent I of all so, things, which That's means what this not, phrase means he's saying he's not alpha or omega, but he's above that. I don't that's know what, why I'm trying to explain this to your yeah, dad. That's a good reasoning. point. Well, maybe maybe you're working it out for yourself now you that need, you're enlightened. You need to fall. No, I, I I I read it. I don't. You have already to. know. I don't have to. Actually. So you don't even need to read it to understand it. You no, already know before you even read it. There, there's no process in my in my mind in then, which then it takes the letters. Then why do you have to read the text in the first place? How come you, you don't just know? Well, because my attention needs to be drawn to it to for me to access that part of memory. But it's in a direct. But feed it's already the there. It's a already. You already know it before you read it. It's already interpreted. I don't I have see. to actually use any discursive thinking process when looking at the text. It, it just comes to you. Alpha, omega. That means timelessness. I, oh, yeah. Alpha, I, omega. I don't, that means I don't, I don't, perfect uh, simplicity. That means immutability. You, that means eternal now. That's what that means. Yeah. You, I, it's a direct uh, feed to my brain. I don't even I, have to process this. It, is is it that I'm blind or is this meant to be confusing to me? No, remember that dead verse we just read? Uh-huh. It said that uh, you're spiritually dead. That means you have to be so monergistically I will never understand anything Unless, I read. It, if you get monergistically enlightened, you could I you could go rewatch this I... tape to see what that's like. We uh, got it on camera. Perhaps uh, uh, for the first time ever in history, we got a monergistic enlightening on camera. What that I looks like. It, it looks like speaking in tongues. A little bit. A little bit, it felt like it, but you'll feel it in your soul. You'll go like this. <laughs> uh, uh, you see, there's there's a, a psychophysical response element. 
Well, let's let's let me try one more because huh. because I, I I really think I understand this first, but maybe I don't, and you should tell okay. me. Okay. Oh, all right, all right. Let's try. Numbers twenty three nineteen. Numbers twenty three nineteen. He says that he's he's not a man that he shouldn't change, but I think he was talking about that specific instance, wasn't he? Uh, Balaam, he, the false prophet Balaam. He was yeah, speaking yeah. metaphysical truth about God. The false prophet Balaam was metaphysically speaking about the metaphysics of but God. But he was speaking not being a man. It's it's not that man's made in God's image. That image is a different thing whatsoever. So God is not a man, meaning metaphysically he is separate from us in this unchanging realm. Uh, so he can't not lie. So or God speaks to false prophets. Immutability, yes, because remember everything you're saying right now, all your thought process is being God speaking declared. through me as well. But right. you are. But what is he doing? God. What is he this, speaking through me? Uh, he's telling me right now through your words that he is monergistically saving those whom he wills and condemning to hell those who he wills uh, eternally, timelessly in one simple eternal event. That's what this is about too. The false prophet Balaam, when he says God is not a man, that is metaphysical truth about the substance of God, like the it, metaphysical substance. It's not about God's character or his actions metaphysical substance well, i don't even have to interpret do you, this do you feel like you are you timeless right now do you have you recognized your own timelessness um i'm probably being fed directly through a timeless stream into it that's what it feels like that's uh, the like, physical response i i doesn't seem like the, the, everything that's happening is a timeless static process to me right because we are people because but this verse says god's not a man so god is not like us he is timeless is what this verse is saying but but and you said that but but time isn't real or, no, or is it real i don't I'm understand fed from a timeless simplicity all our actions understand. are being fed from an eternal declaration that's what we were already read you just have the wrong eyes you don't have uh, the spiritually enabled enlightened eyes to read these mm. verses it's and so simple and i can't get it like, there's god nothing not i can man. do yeah nothing you can do god is not a man god declares the end from the beginning god is alpha and omega uh the verses about repentance are about his eminence uh but also he is transcendent you just have to read them with the right eyes. As Paul says, that the physical person cannot receive the things of God. It's um. so clear to me now that I have the spiritual enlightening. This Travis guy, I have figured out, at first I thought he was an idiot, but now I figured out he is pure genius being fed from the mouth of God directly. I see. This well, I man, see what you're saying. He's the pinnacle of intelligence. I don't I don't well, because he sees like, as you see. Well, no, he sees a, he's a mouthpiece for God reading but the text. You said direct. I am too. Well, yes, but you're in a different way because you're still the dead uh, part. Uh, he uh, is a pinnacle enlightened mouthpiece of God. Maybe if God was using you like he used so, the false so prophet Balaam, we are God, we are just God's voices fighting each other. Right. Now you're getting to understand. Like, may, I, did, are you I, sure you weren't enlightened at some point? No, I, I, I don't believe what you're saying. I just know what you're saying. Ah, see, because uh, as Matt <laughs> Slick said in his recent debate, you can understand, but you can't receive them I, because you're not spiritually well, enlightened. You don't okay. have the divine spark of of gnosis. You don't, I don't have know what the to do about it. Spark. You, it's going to be hard for you to return to the one. 
uh, after death. You might be return. Yes, return to the spiritual Wait, realm from which. So you I was in the spiritual. I was in the spiritual realm at one right. point. You will be regulated down to the material world, and you can't ascend to one. I didn't realize this. Yes, uh, that it's a very sad day. Hopefully, hopefully, God has eternally predestined to monergistically enlighten you, so you can also know. That this Travis could happen here, to me at some point. It could happen. That maybe you might monergistically know that Travis is the pinnacle of human intelligence. But, one day. But all humans are worms. Dirty rags and Right. But even the worms have a hierarchy, and Travis is the top is at the top of the worms. Pinnacle uh -huh. of human intelligence. All right, that's about all the time we got for today's episode. Um, if you want more verses for me to spiritually read through my new, I don't think I do. I, I don't. I, it, no, I, even the audience they could put those verses below, and I could read them with my direct line to the divine. Oh, my I direct, have fun with that. Direct line to the divine. I see. All right. Thank you for watching.